everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Exploring Gen Z. Today, we're going to go into deep detail on the problem of school shootings and how mental health is a major factor. School shootings have been proven to be a very problematic subject in America. But is this problem specific to Gen Z? School shootings have been happening long in America's history, but recent studies showed that as time progresses, so do school shootings. In Gen Z's obsession with social media tied to this trend, mental health can be linked with some of the most disastrous events in our history. Crucial red flags of the Parkland shooting were missed, and these signs were directly present on social media platforms. Is mental health taken seriously enough? Gen Z is the generation of tech. How does this new way of life affect our brains and what mental health side effects are brought on by technology? Every person I know in Gen Z has some type of Apple product, phone, or tablet to the point where it, it is an absolute necessity. We use tech for directions, communication, education, and entertainment. But is it too far to say we are addicted? What psychological pros and cons affect Gen Z? Mental health has had a rippling effect on Generation Z. But can the warning signs be detected? On February 14, 2018, one of the worst high school massacres could have been avoided if the warning signs were picked up and acted upon. During the afternoon of February 14, 2018, the students of Marjorie Stoneham Douglas witnessed something they'd never forget. Nicholas Cruz went into his former high school armed with an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle and went on to kill 17 and injure 17 others. Could this tragedy have possibly been prevented? According to the South Florida Sun-Sentinel, in February of 2016, a neighbor's son reported that Cruz was pictured with guns on Instagram and captioned it, planned to shoot up the school. Apparently, this was forwarded to Marjorie Stoneham Douglas High's school research officer, Scott Peterson. On a separate occasion in 2017, a YouTube user named Nicholas Cruz reportedly posted, I'm going to be a professional school shooter. Social media allows people to hide under the facade of the internet, so many times it's really difficult to determine if someone is being genuine or not online. And, according to NBC News, on two separate occasions in both 2017 and 2018, people called in to report Nicholas Cruz possibly becoming a school shooter. Honestly, it's a little concerning what the internet is morphing into. School shootings only became prominent through Generation Z. This type of violence has not had this much of a significant presence until now. Social media plays a massive role in mental health issues and is a major contributing factor to disturbed teens. Social media isn't all fun and games when there are people out there like Nicholas Cruz making accusations as serious as school shootings and then acting upon it. On February 16, 2018, two days after the killings, the FBI acknowledges the January 5th caller provided information about Cruz's gun ownership, desire to kill people, and erratic behavior. The disturbing social media posts and as well as his potential of conducting a school shooting. If people took the power of social media seriously, could this shooting have been avoided? Nicholas Cruz expressed he was in a bad place on multiple social media platforms. It was disregarded for the most part. Clearly, he was disturbed. This was even reported to the school research officer, who clearly didn't do much. In the aftermath of this incident, a massive outcry for mental health awareness became prominent. What measures could have been taken? What changes still need to be made? How is the current stages of America failing our children? In order to get into more depth 
on what goes on in the aftermath of a school shooting, I decided to interview Matthew Guarino, who graduated from Columbine High School. The Marjorie Stoneham Douglas was a complete tragedy, but it isn't unique in the fact that the act was committed by a troubled or adolescent teen. So yeah, do you ever talk about like the shooting at school? And like, if so, like, when? Not very frequently. It's like, um, maybe like, like during like the week of the anniversary, I guess. What do they say about it? Well, like last year, um, it was like the 20th anniversary, I think, because it happened in 1999. And, like, the 20th anniversary was in 2019. Uh-huh. So, like, um, yeah, they talked about it a little bit. Like, because there was also, like, I don't know if you heard about this, but there was, like, a threat to Columbine. Again? Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Oh, I did see that. This, like, crazy girl, she, like, she was from Florida, and she, like, came to Columbine. Or she came to the area. And, like, she went to this, like, gun store. And it was actually right by this gym I work out at. And she, like, bought, like, a shotgun. And they, they found her. Well, they, they, like, were, like, chasing her through Colorado. It was crazy. They, like, found her in the mountains. And she was, like, running around naked. And then she just shot herself. Did she die? Yeah. Oh. She was nuts. But, yeah, we Did talked about Did you guys, it. like, shut down school for that or no? Oh, yeah. We had school. School was, we had no school for, like, two or three days. Did that make you nervous as a student? No, nah, I was never nervous. I was never nervous at home, I'd be honest. Really? But. So, like... After it happened, like, did they, like, reform the school, or is it, like, the same, like, general school? Okay, well, um, right after it happened, they took the library out, so, I don't know, have you seen the videos? Like, yeah. Okay, so, like, there's Is that weird that it's one, your school? I mean, I, it? it's always just been my school, so I never even, like, thought about it. It's, I, I can't even describe it to someone who, like, who, like, is on the outside, but, like, it's just always been my school, you know what I mean? And it's not, like something that I think about. I mean, it is kind of weird. It's more sad. I, I feel like it's more sad than it is, like, just, like, surreal, if you know what I mean. Uh-huh. But, like, so they, um, I don't know if you've seen the videos of them, like, walking down, like, this, like, really, like, it's, like, a really, um, it's not very tall. It's just a set of stairs into the cafeteria. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah, so that was, like, that was the cafeteria. And they just, that was right after they came from the library, I think, and, um, actually they might have gone back up afterwards and then did, did all the stuff in the library but the library used to be right above the cafeteria and then after it happened they literally just took the whole um, library out and now there's just like an atrium and it's got like pictures and now there's like a library it's called the Hope Memorial Library and it's like an extension it's like they added it to the school so they took the library out okay yeah okay Are there measures or actions that can be taken to prevent things like happening like like this again? Like, do you think? Because, like, I don't, I don't, you probably are familiar with like they were troubled and everything like that. Like, do you have like outlets at your school to like talk about like mental health and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that honestly, I don't even know how I feel about like gun control and stuff like that. But, like, as far as um, the mental health thing goes, um, there, we did have like counselors and stuff and I think that we had about just about the same as any other school would have um, to like talk to people there's counselors and stuff like that there's like people you can call but yeah so how are the communities affected in the years after a shooting um well Columbine specifically I think that like 
after the shooting, there was like people got like there was like a tight it was like a tighter community because people like went through the same thing and it was like obviously it was like horrible and like I I don't even know how it was because I wasn't around mm-hmm. but like obviously it was like that just like the amount of like um like grief or whatever that it put on people I think it was just like tremendous and like everyone was like there for each other so like it's like it's like if you were going through something really bad and then you just everyone else was going through the same thing so like you just obviously you'd have a tighter community but yeah um I I don't know how like other communities have reacted like Sandy Hook or like um Parkland but I'm assuming it'd be the same um do the families still live in Columbine or no like the the victims oh um yeah I think so really I know um there's a girl her name was Cassie Bernal I know that her parents do um, there's another girl, uh, Rachel Scott, I think her brother still lives in the area. I don't know about her parents, but I even, I, I know that even the shooters, um, live, like, their parents live in, like, the area. They didn't, like, move, I don't think, so. Do you believe that, like, red flags like that could be missed again? Like, especially, like... Red flags, like, what do you mean? Like, the background, like, the shooters have been, they, like, apparently planned it for, like, a year... Yeah. Like, do you think, like, like that could have been missed again? Or do you think that people are more aware of it now that it's already happened? I think that Columbine was, like, the first time something like that happened. So, like, no one was, like, saw these kids that were, like... Obviously, they were really disturbed, and they did all this, like, stuff that was, like... Should have been warning signs, but, like, I think people kind of just, like, maybe played it off. And, again, I don't know. Like, I don't exactly know because I wasn't, like, I wasn't around at the time. But my impression is that people kind of just, like, played it off as, like, oh, maybe that's just normal. Maybe they're just, like, teenage kids who, like, teenage dudes that are, like, really into, like, shooting video games or something like that. I don't know. Um, Yeah. How did your community react to, like, the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas shooting? Like. Honestly, like. Like, how did you guys react or seeing that? Or even, even, like. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, the Sandy Hook one, too. Like, did you guys, like... I think we we reacted just the way anyone else in the country did. Like, we were obviously, like, really, like, upset about it. But then, like, people that were, like, directly affected by Columbine were, like, even more, like... They, they fell for them, you know? Like, they knew what they were going through. And then, like, in the few days after, I know for Parkland, I don't know about Sandy Hook, because I was in, like... I think I was in middle school. school. Yeah, I was in middle school when Sandy Hook happened. But um, after the Parkland shooting, um, our, like, I think it was, like, our principal or something reached out to their community. So, yeah. Um, What else? Like, how did your community eventually, like, move past something like this? I think that, like... For the people that were affected, like, it's always going to be something that they're affected by. I think the pain kind of just, like, never goes away, but it kind of, like, gets better. Because, like, I've talked to, like, people that were, like, directly affected. Like, in the 20th anniversary, there was a guy whose name was Patrick Ireland, and he wasn't killed, but he was, like, seriously injured. And then there's another kid, I can't remember his name, but he was, like, um... Actually, Patrick Ireland, if you watch the videos, he was the guy who was, like coming out of the window 
Have you seen the vi like videos of this dude? He like dives out the window onto like an ambulance. So like yeah, that that was him. But he gave a speech, and then there was another kid who um. Uh, he was he couldn't walk afterwards, and for people like that, and for people that were in the school, and for people that lost friends and people who lost like, s like sons and daughters, I don't think they'll ever be like over it. But doing an interview, I'll be out in like two minutes. Yeah. Wait, what was the question again? I'm sorry. <laughs> I was talking. How before. does the community move past something like this? Yeah, like I was saying, I just I don't think that for people like that they'll ever move past it. It'll always be something that they'll think about probably every day for the rest of their lives, which is a shame, but, like, I think that's how it is. But, like, for other people, I think that, like, it's something that, like, they think about on the anniversary. And, like, yeah. But I think that it's getting better for everyone as time goes on. And this is kind of unrelated. I'm just kind of curious. Like, as coming from a community that has been affected by, like, a shooting, like, have your views on gun control, like, is, is it affected by that? I honestly don't know how I feel because Columbine, the Columbine area is a really, like, conservative area. It's in Denver. Like, so, a lot of people are conservative conservative in Denver. It's, like, actually half and half. But a lot of my friends were conservative. So they were, like, they hated gun control, and they, they were basically just a bunch of, like, Republicans that weren't really against gun control. They were against, like, a lot of things that, like, typical Republicans would be against. So I don't know how I feel about it, honestly, because... I've thought about it, and I feel like there's, like, both sides of the argument. Like, I feel like if you gave, like, if you gave um, teachers guns, maybe, like, they'd be able to defend the school better, you know? Mm -hmm. Or, but I don't know how that would work out. I don't know if that would be a good thing or not. But then I also feel like there's there's um, good sides to, like, gun control, maybe. So, like, taking, like, more guns away, I don't know. But I honestly don't know how I feel about that. I, I'm still, like, considering it. Thank you. According to Matt Carino, who is now an SU student, they do still talk about the shooting at school, and it it's not like an off-subject topic to talk about. However, he did mention that the school doesn't have any extra measures for mental health outlets. Like, they don't have really have as many counselors. They, they're pretty much average compared to other schools, which is interesting because of the fact that that a school shooting did occur there. In the aftermath of the shooting, Columbine specifically became really close, tighter community that dealt with a tremendous amount of grief. Columbine banded together, but everyone is, was still kind of in the same boat. Families still kind of live in and around the area, and even the families of the shooters still reside around the area. Columbine was really the first bad shooting that happened in America. It was harder to pick up on the warning signs because nobody really knew what to look for. It wasn't really around at the time, but honestly, I think that people played it off and didn't really pick up on it. Nobody realized what they were planning. They just thought that they were weird teenage punky kids who liked to shoot around. In the years after the shooting, eventually people start to like move past it. But for the people who were involved directly in the shooting, it's something that they were going to be affected by for their whole life. Something that has altered the way they're going to live forever. The pain really never goes away, but it does get better. Like one of the survivors, Patrick Ireland, he wasn't killed in the shooting, but he was seriously injured. So he's always going to live with the grief and the memories that went on that day. 
In the days following the Marjorie Stoneham Douglas shooting, according to Matt, Columbine reacted in the way anyone else in the country really would, except that Columbine kind of got the pain in a different kind of level because it's something that they've been through themselves. In the few days after the Parkland shooting, though, the principal of Columbine reached out to their community. So if anything, Columbine had a really deep appreciation for the pain that the Parkland community went through. In both instances, a school shooting was committed by troubled teens, but nobody saw it coming. Why is it taking so long to pick up on the red flags? Columbine took place in 1999, and the Parkland shooting took place nearly 19 years later in 2018, with a number of school shootings taking place in between. After Columbine happened, it really shook American culture. It was one of the first big, memorable shooting, and still remains that in history. People were shaken to their core. When Marjorie Stoneham Douglas happened, it still goes down as one of the most memorable shootings, but in a different way. Marjorie Stoneham Douglas is remembered for the activism that followed and the demand for gun control. In today's society, so many school shootings have happened. It's not entirely surprising to see it going on, but Generation Z has become more accustomed to this mindset than any other generation. It's one of the biggest problems in our culture. American culture is a culture cycle of violence. This is so confusing to me that a whole entire country and society can accept the fact that We live in a constant cycle of violence, school shooting after school shooting, same thing over same thing, and we still aren't changing the way we do things or how we view people or how we even take things seriously. What if school shootings aren't that unusual when larger culture condones, obsesses, and inflicts violence constantly to the point where it becomes a new normal? Violence culture has just become so normal in America to the point where sometimes it goes unnoticed. Generation Z is forced to grow up in where it is part of society. Mental health is rampant through adolescence. But now there is an added factor of school shootings and how to channel those feelings into acceptable outlets. During the time period of Columbine, technology didn't really play a large factor. However, both shooters were still seen as the weird kids in school and seen as really troubled individuals. After their deaths, it was revealed how severe their mental health had gotten. In almost every school shooting, mental health issues is one of the largest contributing factors. Since Columbine was one of the first massive shootings in America, and it was kind of at the peak of where technology started to grow, there was such wide coverage of the shooting. So that makes me wonder why, after Columbine, the school shooting numbers sort of spiked, because it was one of the first major events captured, like, picture by picture, frame by frame, all over every social media platforms, it's just like news and all that. After such wide coverage of this topic, it was sort of a gateway to troubled individuals as something new that they could actually do. Like before Columbine, it wasn't really known that that was an outlet for people to commit a lot of harm. It's really sad that it took all the way till Parkland in 2018 to start demanding for change. And even so, we had pushback from older generations because it's part of the normal for violence. The want for change, the want to feel safe in our own communities is should be a right. It should we shouldn't have to fight to not feel safe going to school or living. We shouldn't have to feel unsafe going to the movie theaters, going to the supermarkets, going to school. We shouldn't have to put up with this cycle of violence. 
if we don't start taking these red flags seriously, then I'm going to have to imagine that it will keep happening. As a member of Gen Z, it is crippling and discouraging to me that this is a reality that I'm a part of. This is the reality I'm forced to live and grow up in. I don't want to have to grow up in a culture that supports this and can't do one single thing about it. I'm just a sitting duck waiting for it to happen again or even happen to me or happen to the people that I care about most. I've completely lost a sense of security and safety in my own country, let alone my classrooms and where I live. Generation Z is caught in a vicious cycle. And as a society, how are we supposed to get ourselves out of this? Violence is a normal. It's something that every new generation has to grow up with and it's how it's going to shape our identity. Do we really want to be known for this? Continuing to ignore and not address this problem is not only continuing to miss identifying dangerous people, but now an entire generation is feeling the trauma of our lack of change. A shooter creates conditions of stress that is similar to how we feel. We have to understand that if we don't better solve this problem with shooters, shooters are creating the kind of chaotic emotional conditions that will hurt and continue to hurt an entire generation. Doing so just adds to the never-ending cycle of violence that is prominent throughout the United States of America. Thank you today for joining and listening with me on another episode of Exploring Gen Z. Mm-hmm.